What is going on? This is Josh with The Untapped Trader. We are an online community here to help educate you about the stock market. Today in our podcast, we're going to be talking about esports. We're talking video games. For all you Warzone, Halo, World of Warcraft lovers out there, this is the perfect podcast for you. It's actually our best one yet. In our podcast, we're going to go into the industry a little bit, give a brief overview of what exactly is happening in esports, and then we're going to go into some of the trends and what kind of trends are currently developing and what they look like. And then we're going to break down some of the stocks that exist and what stocks we personally like. And then lastly, go into the bullish and bearish sentiments that we currently have. Stay tuned. I'm waiting on the Halo Battle, uh, battle Royale. There's a Halo Battle Royale? Coming? No, I'm just I'm going to talk into it, speak it into existence. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. that's my goal. That's yeah. my goal. Throw my next big thing is the Halo Battle Royale that I know will eventually have to come out. Right? They're they're going to do it. It's going it to it's, it's going to be next Warzone. It has to be the next BR that people pick up and play because it's, Warzone is running its course. So yeah, and there Halo has to is a replacement. I think Warzone has run its course. Oh yeah, big it's time. Brutal. Now you just have addiction. Like the the like Black it's Ops, just pure addiction. Well, dude, we played Black Ops the other day, like first time, and it was super stressful to try and get through all that like the amount of like rage no not rage i wasn't actually upset i was more like just super hyper focused and if i wasn't i was like i'm dead oh war zone yeah, yeah. The, the issue with yeah the issue of the war zone is, is just a time to kill you yeah. go up against anyone who can shoot with the new guns it's you're dead over. you're dead yeah. in two moves right well, i was scared just to like run across the field to oh, get yeah. to another rock because <laughs> like in that instant i could die like in two shots I'd yeah be dead. you know i'm the time to kill games being so short, I'm just, I don't think I can do it anymore. Like, I just don't have the time or the patience to get to the level that I'll be able to compete in those types of games. I just can't do it. I think a Halo one would be really cool, though. Halo. And you'd have a longer survival with the shields. With the shields and everything. Yeah, I like, yeah, I, like I like games with a longer time to kill. Yeah. But the games have these short-ass time to kills, like... Yeah. I mean, that or Unreal, Ch- they bring back unreal championship in the form of a br yeah that's a kickback to a long time ago unreal championship oh yeah but it's basically apex but a little bit different you have races yeah exactly uh, they have little things about them that are different like robots can jump super high and double jump yeah Yeah. the psychopaths can run really fast and heal fast i'm still waiting for a medieval br to come out (laughs) they have one it's called mordheim was it good what is it no, it's awful. <laughs> I want a good one. Why right? do you want a medieval? Dude, it's not because bad right now. I feel like it's, it'd not, be... it's not bad because the system was bad. It's bad because it's when you start realizing that, it's, <laughs> that you're swinging an axe and a shield, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like that okay. game, literally, it's like well, shield. That, all I do is axe shield. in Warzone. <laughs> like that's why that's why bread and butter is yeah, the axe. I just stop it's not. It's just you know like, the gameplay isn't as exciting. As yeah, it yeah, it's not as fun. It's like have you ever seen Hold Fast? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have, dude. Is we it, played it, dude. Is it fast. Oh, it's yeah. It's fantastic. You had to fight it. I don't, I don't remember. Dude, Harrison got the... us into... Did you ever play that Lord of the Ring? Like, what are they the, called? What's the, the genre called? Line fighting? Yeah, it's it's what it's what Harrison plays all the time. Uh, it's it's not it's not hold fast. There's another name for it. Um, but it... Like, he, like World of War or something like that? No, that's... Yeah. I can't remember no, what no, it's no, called. I, I'm going to remember. It's, uh, Mount and Blade. Mount and Blade. Mount yes. and Blade. Caleb and Harrison play that stuff. I played it with them. It was funny. Dude, it's hilarious. Especially that, when you get yeah. into the role-playing servers. That's the original BR. <laughs> yeah. 
think it is so horrible. It's not horrible. It's great. It's like so bad you got to play it and you love it when you play oh, it. Oh, dude, yeah. it's so bad. Because I feel like the people who are good at that game are people who are not good at other games. Right? Oh, be, like, absolutely. People who are not good at Halo or Warzone, they go to the game like Mountain Blade and they just they win it. You I know? think you can like <laughs> crack a beer, sit down, yeah. and like have a good time. Have a good time playing these games. That's good. That's the kind of game I need. It feels right like Warzone met up with what's that game? Where like you play like it's a bunch of mini games and you're playing these little characters and you have to drag each other off and shit. Oh, oh. it was like a big PS2 game or three game. Yeah, oh yeah, similar to that. But there's one on Steam. You're talking about uh, oh. uh, the Fall Guys, dude. Yeah, it, it feels like Warzone meets Fall Guys is what you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> like a clunkiness of movement, and so you're like, I can't master this movement. There's no, I love the. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I love it. I love yeah. Hold Pass. It's really good. You need to check out those YouTube videos if you haven't. Mm. Especially the flutist theater. Do you... <laughs> There's a flutist. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like when you have literally the, the games are custom and you go like fifty on fifty, and it's just old school battle. And people get into it because they're like, I just want to stand in line. And like shoot there's others. people that like they <laughs> either reload slowly. There's like, chaos. <laughs> like people like run in wherever, but then there's people who role play it, so they have a commander. And they oh, line up, break, and file. Old school. And he's like, present. Yeah, it's yeah. a gentleman's Fire. war. It is. It's yeah. like it's a game. Like the whole the game is more fun the more realistic yeah. people play. Yeah. yeah, you can't go solo. Like it doesn't work. <laughs> they're like people are like sitting there, wind up shoulder to shoulder with each other, and they're like holding their guts. Like, <laughs> and there's literally someone just playing a flute, like, yeah. like inside, like <laughs> just like jumping a, around, kicking his stuff. Like that's it's amazing. Why are we playing that game? I have it. I have. Never played these really stressful games. It require a lot of time. Play it on our shitty laptops. Oh, that's good. Anything can play that. That's good. is pretty small. But it's and like they give AOE effects. Like the you have like the flag carrier, you have like the drummer and the flute. So it pays to be a drummer. And, uh, well, yeah, and you get pistols or a melee weapon with those guys. So I don't think there's anything funnier than playing the flute. Someone comes up to you and you just pull out a pistol and <laughs> shot them, dude. <laughs> it's so good. Is it like third person or first person? Third and first. Third, third and first, you can toggle. That's yeah, great. It's a toggle. But it's good. We should totally play it. I'm down. I like whole I'm down. Yeah, we get a whole group going. Oh yeah! No, we, oh, we already have like. There's already a lot of us. Some of our friends already played it. It's, it's so like, funny. Yeah, Nate's got like, guys. It. Let's go to the right side. There's a guy. There's someone role playing real hard. And yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Caleb and his brothers have it. Harrison, I have it. Like we've already got like seven. We can make a small squad. Yeah, we, we could. Squad. Yeah, small battalion. Let's do it. <laughs> small battalion. Let's do make, make rolling deep, dude. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's a good some patriots. Dude. Oh yeah, some yeah. patriots and just Mel Gibson. <laughs> I don't know who would be our commander, but whoever. Oh, Gang Beasts. That's what I was thinking of. It was like Warzone meets Gang Beasts. Gang Beasts is kind of worse than Fall Guys. But, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go into the background. Background? Yeah, who wants to kick it off? Kick us off, Jake. Gotta oh, he's got sneeze. All right. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. We all read Bless you. <laughs> bless us all. <laughs> bless, okay. Bless us. Background Everyone. for esports. Uh, we know that Asia and this Pacific region accounts for about 50% yeah. of the market. So I guess we need to say background. Video video games are all over the place. All over the world. Yep. They're I huge. Think, I think we don't even... All part of the developed yeah. world. Yes. I mean, who here... All parts of the developed world. ...that's going to be listening to us doesn't play video games or haven't or hasn't played video games? Or doesn't know someone that does this, that does play yeah. Games. If someone's listening to a podcast, they're familiar with yeah. Video no, so, games yeah so this is interesting. So as far as gameplay, the, it's huge in the U.S., but the largest portion is in the Asia Pacific region, accounting for over fifty percent 
of video game players, mm-hmm. which is massive. Well, it makes in sense. esports, like I've talked to a lot of exchange students when I was at Trinity, and a lot of the ones from the Asian areas were like they knew of League of Legends stars back when League of Legends was in its prime time. Yeah, it's huge. And they they were seriously like Faker is a celebrity. Like he is Korean Drake for all you know. Yep. So from, and purposes. from a revenue standpoint, only fifteen percent is the rest of the world. And the rest of the revenue is coming from the Asia Pacific region, mm-hmm. which is why it's it's a, like a huge cultural difference between us and and just population densities out the wazoo. Right? Exactly, yeah, and it's, it's easily accessible and everything like that. So, um, kind of surprised me. Like I didn't realize how big of a difference it was between the U.S. and the other countries versus basically the Asia Pacific region, which is accounts for more than half, which is nuts in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, mobile gaming. Yeah, forty-five percent of global esports market. Oh yeah, I feel like that's a, also a low number. I feel like that's a number that's only going to be growing pretty pretty fast here. Yeah, apparently this is going to be one of the bigger areas as far as growth goes is mobile gaming because who doesn't want to have it around on their personal device and be able to pull up a game at any moment? Stresses me out, so I wouldn't. But yeah, and then <laughs> so yeah, so as far as esports go in tournaments, so in two thousand sixteen, there was a League of Legends championship that sold out fifteen thousand seats in the Staples Center in Los Angeles, which is pretty huge. Oh, no, the <clears throat> League of Legends, like, I mean, they were hosting all in different parts of the world, their major events, and they were filling up stadiums. Yep. Because it's, a, it's an international game. You have international teams. You have an international World Cup for this one game. So, I mean, this is a yeah, this is definitely a spectator sport now, too. Mm-hmm. Just then, as much as, you know, any professional sport. Well, and then Dota 2, which is along the lines of League, League of Legends. Yeah. So this one is really big in Seoul, Korea. They were able to fill a 40,000 seat stadium, their World Cup stadium in Seoul, Korea. So, That's crazy. And just, yeah, looking at the revenues, looking at the money they made from this event. So they made <clears throat> a whopping $93 million from this event. And that is more than your professional golf tournaments here in the U.S. Hmm. So you talk about like the revenues flowing through this industry is massive. Oh, well, and, yeah. and it's not even... I mean, like in any sport, it isn't necessarily the tournaments and their payout that where you get a lot of the revenue from. It's the sponsorships and the advertisements and oh yeah, anything associated with that. Because these gamers are making way more through their other means, right, than, mm-hmm. than just actually playing the game. Oh yeah, I bet their winnings are not are a tiny fraction of what they actually make yeah. elsewhere. Certainly. Well, and then we had the Intel Extreme <laughs> Masters tournament, which had one hundred and seventy thousand what is fans. That? So I don't even know what that tournament is, but apparently a lot of other people do because there were a ton of fans. Is that a probably is it a multi? Probably it could be a multi game. I don't know. We could look it up. Like it's like DreamHack, right? Like we have huge events like yeah, that. Yeah, like DreamHack. Dream yeah. This Europe's major the, event. The thing is, is that we have like, you know, as in America, we only see the American stuff. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, which, which is why I'm like using those comparisons because <laughs> that's what most people can relate to, which is pretty cool. But on the worldwide spectrum of gaming there's so much more going on elsewhere than just in america oh so intel extreme masters is actually the longest running global pro gaming tour in the world interesting yeah never heard of so, it and it's basically a series of international <laughs> esports tournaments held in various countries across the world we've come so far from our local area network systems <clears throat> and our mom and dad's house with- oh yeah well the so these <laughs> tournaments involve counter-strike and StarCraft 2. Those yep. are like some of the games that they're playing. Classics, man. On a yeah. worldwide level. Classics That's... never Well, die. and think about it. It's not... There are in-person fans. And then there's the whole streaming group. 
because that's exploded too. And the streaming quality has increased. It's just as good as, you know, what, you know, your, your viewing experience is as good as any professional sport. It is right there. Like they do the whole shebang where they have, I know League of Legends at their worlds were doing concerts, like with actual music artists who made content for the game. I think even some bigger artists like Zed or something, like one mm-hmm. of the E. Uh, well, uh, just a little bit ago. Uh, electronic what's his artists. name? Uh, who's the guy uh, with all the tattoos on his face? Post Malone. Post Malone did oh. one, did a E concert for Pokemon Go. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, uh, that's <laughs> was, amazing. Yeah. There was and also Katy Perry too for Fortnite. Yeah. There was uh, that other Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bunch of E. It's crazy. It's wild. I can't that's believe crazy. it. Crazy. I, I the sentence of Post Malone <clears throat> hosting a concert for Pokemon Go. Like, I had no idea where that sentence was going to go. As I was reading it, I was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> well, you, you think this is especially as these gamers and other celebrities get more connected into these type like esports i think there is there's a lot more opportunity for growth because drake really when he paired up with that streamer several years ago ninja for fortnite oh yeah and it broke several hundred thousand viewers maybe even more i think it might be more i might be underselling it a lot yeah and it made that guy i mean that make the guy's career the guy's great ninja as a streamer but drake pairing up it opened the door for whole so much stuff and the whole music thing too is there's a lot of i don't know it's like mda or something where music rights you know they're you know you can't stream people's music anymore unless it's you know you have some rights to it or something or mm-hmm. they allow it and i think drake is one of the few well that you can just like let it run wild well in fortnite they even had like a marshmallow tournament i mean uh, not tournament a marshmallow concert, concert. Yeah, we just talked about in the yeah. game yeah yeah it was like you show up you just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, like I, I tried I not to get it. murdered or something. Like, yeah, I, I hopped in there and I was like, yeah, the I was like "This is odd." Like, dude, it was watching a tournament. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, uh, a concert, but it, it was a weird development. I will say it is badass that they did it. That they, yeah, that they you know brought in a concert into the gaming experience. That's a we- that's a wild thing. Mm-hmm. Even though it may not have been the coolest thing in the world, I think it stopped gameplay though. That was the <laughs> issue. Like people couldn't play Fortnite. They had to watch the ter- this concert. They're like what the hell is it? Yeah, like, and then they were trying to play some Fortnite. And they're like, I don't want to watch. You get pulled into some like raid concert. You're like, this is wild. <laughs> I just wanted to play Fortnite with the friends. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm at a concert with a bunch of eight year olds. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's just jumping around and stuff, like building different <laughs> levels, like a stadium. There's building a stadium during the know, right? during the concert. That is one thing that I have a tough time understanding, and I've always had a tough time understanding uh, where people are trying to make the the virtual reality experience more real. And I just don't get it. Like it, with World of Warcraft, years and years ago, I remember the the funeral thing. Remember they had like a live funeral for all the people, and then it got raided. <laughs> oh yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, I just yeah, don't get it. I just don't, you know, I just don't get that. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to inject real life stuff into the games that I play. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's my oh, disconnect. It's in the gaming world, people are terrible. <laughs> you know, like, they're just gonna do whatever they want. Honestly, at the end of the day, yeah. it's like social media. But you know, anyone says anything they want behind the computer screen but what's the movie that you know you tap into a virtual player ready player one yeah 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 like it's that a cool idea like where like people are I mean, like integrating their real life into the virtual reality world like having relationships and stuff i just you know like i get having gaming buddies and stuff but i think that's the extent you know like i've golfed with people that i've met yeah. playing video games yeah but like i you know, I don't know. Well, and I'll, yeah, also think about the demographic that 
is playing games. Yeah, I guess it's very it. limited. I right? feel like that's where I I'm, think we're in a very limited. For, like you don't have a lot of forty plus year olds playing. We grew up playing even in the same house. Yeah, with each other, or in the yeah. same room with well, each other. It's interesting because you say, you know, we talk about the the age groups that are participating, and we actually have some data on that as well. Oh yeah, let's dig into the data. Yeah, so I mean, the data. Um, it's interesting that there's a bunch of 36 to 50 year olds that are playing video games that is wait what so 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 male unexpected so so one it's still largely male dominated overall as far as industry goes most males are like playing video games women are actually picking up though there's a lot of females that are starting to really participate in video games but as far as male millennials go they make up 22 percent of those that watch esports so and then it actually i think it kind of uh increases for 36 to 50 year olds so those 40 50 year olds that we're talking about they're actually pretty heavily involved in esports wait they're the largest viewership um i don't know if they're the largest but they're definitely out there okay that's still crazy i mean it's still wild that is uh unexpected don't expect i I mean i I mean but i honestly like i can't see myself putting games down ever yeah, like I mean, we're like, gonna I can be see myself games. like just watching stuff. Yeah, like for. But I thought that generation would have started like with us. But I guess like, no, I mean, people just... we grew up with, Dustin Christopher. I mean, people but... were in college while oh, we yeah. were. In. I think esports well, being pushed by people like in our age group, largely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, but... it says so. This is interesting. Seventy seventy six percent of esports enthusiasts state that their esports viewing is taking away from their hours they used to spend on viewing sports. So we're talking <laughs> baseball, football, basketball. All those things. Like, so 76% of esports viewers are like giving their time towards esports over regular sports. Well, yeah, sports are. <clears throat> I don't think they're really growing that much in popularity these days. Well, and esports are almost immediate. You can watch and, and live all the time. Yeah, there's always something. Yeah, it's like you can, you can watch that stuff. Like, I mean, just, you know, people are getting on this, you know, streamers and these tournaments are happening regularly. And people That's something are, I've never done with sports. You know, I've never gone to YouTube. To watch something that had previously already there are very few yeah, there are very few things I'd rewatch or go back and watch if I missed. But with esports, I certainly have. I've certainly yeah. gone back and watched tournaments, especially once people edit videos and they're able to upload on YouTube and have all the different perspectives of the different teams just cycling through in an edited way. It's super dope. Nightly, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm rewatching so broadcasts from streamers. Like yeah. nightly, nightly and like before I go to bed, just as a wind down, I just watch some you know nonsense streamer. And I just watched it. Yeah, I've, I've never done that with, with sports. Nah, he's, film just, review is the most I've ever done with sports, but that's for because I play like highlights. That's because I, I do mean, fantasy. Every now and then I'll watch some some highlights. Like I'll watch I, like yeah. Lamar Jackson highlights, watching yeah. him breaking ankles and stuff. That's about it. I watch tons of highlights. Yeah, but video game. Yeah, I, I think out of the three of us, I'm like <laughs> the least into video games. Yeah, but even I will watch like Shroud on a regular basis just because I think he is like arguably one of the better shooters in the game. I, yeah. I think it's a similar experience though because. If we're all watching highlights, like I even do that with basketball right now, is there's a lot of athletes I like to look at, mm-hmm. especially the new emerging ones, the young ones. And so I just rewatch a lot of their highlights that you know you would see on Instagram, YouTube, or whatever. Same thing with esports, is watching the highlights, watching some cool plays that happened or something from any game they're playing that I like. Same thing. So I think it's actually blending over versus like a pure, a pure takeaway. It's just adding more, oh, <laughs> more definitely. stuff I like spend time wasting, yeah. you know. So. Looking at the esports audience growth, this is inter- interesting as well. So from 2017, it was sitting at a little bit over 330 million viewers, right? Or audience for esports. And then in 2019, it shot up to over 100 uh, over 450 million 
So I'm curious the number from 2019 to 2020. So, it's grown dramatically this well, last year. Well, because I assume 2020 last year, was yeah. an anomaly, probably. But I'm curious mm-hmm. if that number holds or if it recedes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm and then curious. by 2022, they expect almost 700 uh, million for the audience as far as yeah. I was going to say, I bet, it grew, I bet it ballooned a lot this last year. Oh, yeah. Just with people being trapped inside. Yeah. And then just moving down into the revenue for this industry. So the CAGR, right? So like a five-year like growth outlook, basically. They have a on average like a thirty seven percent growth outlook, which is huge, like for an industry to grow that fast, right? And that kind of goes into the the viewership, and you like you know when you break that viewership down into who are like the big enthusiasts and who are just like the occasional views. So like in this room, there's probably two who are more along the lines of like the enthusiasts who are really into esports, and then there's like one of us that's into the occasional viewership. So like what you see in the growth is the enthusiast like population is growing just as fast as the occasional viewership and mm-hmm. might eventually start overtaking the occasional <clears throat> viewers. Right. As far as the people that are watching, they're going to be much more enthusiastic about it than they are going to be just an occasional watcher of it. Um, so 37%, you know, growth rate and revenue on a yearly basis is pretty huge. And then going back to the international, like which countries are dominating as far as viewership, it's still Asia Pacific and it's still going to account for, you know, 50% plus in the next coming years. So, but that being said, all the countries seem to be growing at the same rate, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yep. And then if you look at the revenue streams and you break it down as to where the money's coming from, the biggest chunk is going to be from Jake, like what you said, the sponsorships. Mm-hmm. So right now sponsorships are kind of the big thing. And like, <laughs> we kind of see that here in the U S with all these different gamers getting different sponsorships and stuff like that, um, or what's his name in Fortnite? Yeah, you know? no, he was he's, he's like, like the like one of the bigger examples. He had Samsung, thing. yeah, running commercials. He made, for he him. made commercials. Yeah, yeah, which is nuts. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. So like, I think they're I think millennials right now own it as far as like popularity, at least in the U.S. But I think as the younger crew just starts getting older and they become you know join the workforce, it's just gonna. Like that's what they're going for right now is that younger crew that plays that's more heavily involved in gaming on a daily basis and they're just gonna grow up into it mm-hmm. and become a bigger chunk of that. Definitely see that becoming more and more popular. So like I could see a ten year outlook being pretty healthy for esports gaming. Just because it, it seems like younger generations Jake, you're a teacher. I mean, how many kids play sports these days compared to how many they did when we were in school, you know? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's, I don't necessarily think it's impacting the sports, the like athletics. I think it overlaps. I, just, yeah, I think it overlaps. I think you get a lot of people who have similar interests in sports and in mm-hmm. esports. Yeah. Like in high school, yeah. the bigger thing was all the athletes were playing like Call of Duty and World, and World of Warcraft. That was kind of like the big thing. And now it's kind of changing. And like Fortnite was a big thing. Warzone's a big thing. So I think it's just a matter of like, I think, I don't think sports are ne- necessarily be negatively affected. I think it's just esports can be another addition to that whole sports realm. Yeah. If I'm a coach, I'm like team building tonight, Verdansk. <laughs> Verdansk. Yeah. We're all going into Verdansk yeah, we're and draw. we're going to have yeah. our quality team building on a, you know, Monday night, you know, <laughs> this practice is extended a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, shower, but we're going around to, two a days are becoming a different thing now. Right. <laughs> yeah, no no longer not, in the sun. <laughs> I'm not kidding though. I, th- I think, I think those go hand in hand. I mean, if you, if you, yeah, like I know it's playing games and it's not, but it's not what it, it's not viewed as it used to be where it's purely just, you know, a waste of time. It still is. <laughs> like still is totally, you can't use that as anything. Like I'm being productive, but 
there are some benefits to it, I think, when you are a team of, like, young athletes, you know, playing games together. And you, like, it just builds that, like, you know, camaraderie. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. So, so we have sponsorship is the big one, like, sitting around 40% of the revenues. And then you have advertising sitting around 20%. And that one's a big one, too. Like you have a lot of companies. Like, obviously, Intel hosts one of the most popular tournaments worldwide. So that's pretty huge for them. And then you have media rights. You have game publisher fees, merchandise, and tickets, as, and that pretty much sums up where majority of the revenue is coming from. I, and I think with the sponsorships and advertising, that only increases the growth. It's going to get bigger because it's you're tapping into a consumer base every time. Like what streamers are doing and what esports are doing is either they're sponsored directly by a particular company, and like they're pushing different products. You have streamers setting like hours aside of their regular streaming schedule where they stream to over 40,000 viewers at any given moment. And then you get that extra viewership once the recording's posted mm -hmm. the people who follow up with it. And like you're tapping in, like it's not just things like your electronics. Barstool Sports is starting to sponsor a lot of different gamers. So you have different industries jumping in. Like Chipotle has been a big one for a long time. So you have all these different industries. Car companies. Yeah. No, like all, yeah. I bet like Kia, right? Replace the dancing hamsters with like dancing streamers. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, right. Probably a little different effect. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, why are we using these? Why the hamsters? <laughs> why are we spending so much time here? We have people doing this for us already. Yeah. What kind of trends do y'all see developing as well? Well, I actually was speaking on the whole pie chart of media rights, publishing fees, sponsorships. I was very curious how that differentiates from like pro sports. I'm very curious like how pro sports kind of pie graphs, you know, all their different forms of revenue and how that compares to esports because I think that's going to be a huge sign of kind of the direction of change, you know, that we're going to start seeing. Like I notice here there's probably a lot less with merchandise and tickets than there would be with like professional sports. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say like uh, media rights, certainly a little bit more on the heavier side for professional sports. Like, and so I'm just curious, like, you know, the differences there, like advertising, stuff like that. I mean, that yeah. all, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I kind of wish we had that to kind of compare, but. Um, well, it's interesting because. The thing with video games is you can you can play with anyone mm -hmm. across the world from mm -hmm. your game room. It's a totally different yeah, from your yeah, computer. It's like a different world. It's not like, you know, you have North American football, you have, you know, soccer or you know, it's just it, it's just so much more expanded. Like you have the whole world tying into all this stuff and Yeah, a lot more accessible. A lot more accessible. Yeah. A lot more. I think that's where the big driving factor is gonna come from is the fact that you can reach people a lot easier. Not just the audience, but the players. Yeah, yeah. As far as participation goes, mm -hmm. like a lot easier. So, so. I, it's kind of hard to wrap my head around where when we talk about where this is going to go and what kind of trends are going to be. Because honestly, it's like, could it just be like far bigger than we could even really anticipate? Mm -hmm. Like one day. I mean, I do. I think it's going to be huge. So I know, like, from my personal portfolio, like I'm in an ETF because I don't know what the big hitters are going to be. But I'm focusing mine on, and I'll talk about that later, about the different uh, markets as far as like going international. And that's like where I'm focusing my money is like the U.S. is good. 
but it's only part of that 15% of revenues. I'm focused on Asia Pacific and that's where all the money's coming from. Yeah, I agree with that. I yeah. think America has a veil over its head just yeah, but, kind of like preventing us from seeing the rest of the world. But that being said, I think the in the US there's going to be companies that are going to be popping up that are going to take advantage of this because the US is a very like very opportunistic like market right now. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's obviously hasn't been tapped into as nearly as much as the other parts of the world as mm-hmm. much as it could be. And so I think there's going to be once you get some companies coming in that are focusing on this esports industry like massively and they're going to start like integrating certain like c- certain things that are similar to what you're seeing with some Chinese companies for example. I think it's going to be pretty big. Mm-hmm. So and like you brought up we'll talk about Unity later, but yeah, Unity is one of them for example. Yeah. Um yeah, and so looking at esports monthly viewers this is growing at a dramatic rate. And here, the largest female percentage is actually in our millennial range. So you have a 53%. Uh, is that growth, I believe, in viewership as far as females go within the millennials? Mm-hmm. So, And then the, in the younger crowd, 10 to 20 years, they're at like 27% for female viewership. So, Which I think is only going to increase. I think, I think women are only going to become more involved in video games. So as it becomes... A more main, like even more mainstream than it already is. Yeah, at least in the U.S. Uh, and we're already seeing it. Like how many streamers are women, right? And how well they do. So, yeah, for sure. I think it's, <laughs> I think there's just social barriers that the online community is able to get through that we haven't been able to do, like in person. Like I think it's just easier for <clears throat> a female gamer today than you know, yesterday and even more so when you talk about sports fans, you know, like female sports fans, like I think that's even smaller demographic, probably growing a lot slower too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I, it's crazy how inclusive esports is becoming. Mm-hmm. seems like everyone, anyone can participate in esports and it's like a normal thing. Whereas, you know. Right. And I mean, I think just video games in general, like you don't have to be this like physical freak to be really good at video games. And I think that's a do they, huge, do they, they don't separate gender and professional esports, do they? Like any girl can be on any team, right? Oh, I, I imagine. Yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah. Like I said, like, I think like it's an even, like it's a level playing field. And so anyone can partake and you know, my five ten, like 180 pound dude, isn't, I'm not going to be hopping into the NFL anytime soon. But I could definitely hop on video games and do fairly well compared to me playing football. With sure, you. I mean, sure you're five ten. I'm five ten. <laughs> you sure, dude? I'm five ten. Oh, I'm average. Oh, we're rounding up today, so uh, yeah, let's see yeah. We yeah. Got. Six one. I'm like, I'm like, sorry. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like six one, like yeah. two hundred pounds. Are we talking about our football program, yeah. or are we talking about <laughs> yeah. a doctor's visit? You know? so, that's what the you know that's what the little notch says on my door frame. <laughs> yeah. I do it myself with the ruler, and I just I kind of angle it a little bit, kind of give me some some height. My boots on? Yeah. All right, let's see. Right, let's move on to other ones. Yeah. What about all right, what about the emergence of virtual reality? What do y'all think about that? Do you think it's gonna be like really big? What do you think about it right now and where do you see it in the future? So I I mean I have no interest in it because I have motion sickness. Yep. And so I think it's my worst nightmare. But I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I think it's literally a living nightmare. But I think there's a I think it's a catalyst. I think there's a lot I think virtual reality is gonna continue to develop at a huge rate. It already has, I'm sure. And I think if there are games that are popular and it's an accessible experience where you can actually pay and get the products at a reasonable fee, it isn't a huge entry fee like it is right now. Um, I, I don't see why that wouldn't be an next option. 
right is gaming with a more vir- like again virtual reality where you're more physical with it i love the videos of people doing vr <laughs> it's like oh like there's like, one where a guy's like cliffhanging you know and, and he's jumps. like looking over and he jumps into the screen into the tv just like destroys the tv it's so uh, funny dude like I dude, just... that would be me no, it messes with your brain dude yeah, like just it's super it's really uh they're really engaging but yeah. I mean, I think it'd be cool too because virtual reality can be taken a- across different spectrums. Like even just like in law enforcement, like that's one thing. Like I've done like a quasi virtual reality thing where it was like basically doing like a dry run of you know what if there's an active shooter and responding to it. But it wasn't as immersive as virtual reality is right now. But like in the future, there's a model. Yeah, exactly. But if you could have like an actual gun in your hand that felt like a real gun and you're reacting with it and everything, and it's all based on how you're actually performing, that'd be a huge like change in the game as far as training for like law enforcement. That's just like one industry. You yeah. Should... We're going to talk about that too. We actually have a stock talk. We're going to release soon on unity, which is uh real time. 3d is kind of what I think you're talking about, Josh, where it's like, um, mm. it's a, it's just like, if you don't know what real time 3d is. You should just look it up and Google it. Like it's actually immersed. Yes. It is just a very detailed three dimensional perspective of any given situation, whether it be, a video game you're playing or like what you said a simulation of a like active shooter for training an for active shooter for training or even like project management where you're talking about designing like a project for construction or you know anything like that like there's mm. so many similar things y'all saw the assassin creed movie oh yeah i, I want vr to be like that where they connect you to that dude that big arm and you're you're, you're embodying <laughs> all the jumps and stuff because just, the, the arms is dragging you around and everything i'm just a fan of magneto like whatever movie he's in i'm that probably actor? gonna watch it yeah fassbender yeah yeah like oh whatever, yeah he's dope yeah whatever movie he's in i'm probably gonna watch it regardless of how the ratings are on the <laughs> yeah. movies because i know assassin's creed didn't do too hot but i thought it was sweet. I, mean, I thought the alien movie which one was he in uh oh. which one was that it was so dope though about the snyder movie yeah he was the mm-hmm. he's one of the ai yeah. yeah he did he killed it oh yeah so he always good. kills it and they do the same thing. All the AI from all the alien movies do the same thing. It's like, you know, they, they are on the human side, but then they learn about this, you know, Xenos. Yeah. And they're just like... Prometheus. Prometheus. Was it Prometheus? Was it Prometheus? It was one of them. Sound like that. Yeah, one of them. But yeah, like, so dope, you know. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm secretly hoping he comes back <clears throat> as Magneto for the MCU. Personally, I think 3D, Jake, like you said, I have a... I don't like it, personally. Wait, virtual reality or 3D? Like, virtual reality. Okay, sorry. Okay. I don't like that you have to put goggles on. I don't like that there's all these yeah, little things you have to do. And then the setup is just so extensive and kind of clunky and prone to accidents, like diving into your TV. But, mm-hmm. um, but the I, don't direction. Know, I don't know what, I don't know where it's going to end up going. Yeah, but, but I like to think it's going to be like Star Trek where you have like eventually a holographic projection room as opposed to mm. just like, uh, you know, Wearing putting goggles on. Like, yeah. I think that will finally make it to where VR truly starts to become a really big thing well it it'll probably already have to be at that point but i think that is the potential like future Mm. how that would look what that means what kind of technology is involved with making a simulated room i have no idea but yeah when when kathy wood starts looking at it that's when everyone just start getting really primed Mm -hmm. for virtual reality honestly i think probably if they're not quantum computing is probably honestly what we're waiting for as far Mm. as that kind of immersive reality Mm. All right, so so other trends. What about celebrities and athletes participating in various esports events? Do y'all like it? Yeah, I don't know. It's I think weird. It's, I think it's cool. I think it's cool to see your favorite celebrities and athletes in a different setting. 
that is out of their comfort zone, or at least what you know to be their comfort zone. I think it brings a little bit more realism to their actual. Persona. Yeah, I mean, it humanizes them a bit. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you know, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, what was it like? I know AOC, like she did Among Us. It was a small game with like streamers, and that was a huge hit with people. I know, yeah, again, like Drake, a lot of football athletes play with streamers. Like on the wreck, that's what they're down Yeah, they just hop on with streamers, and it's just funny to like, you know, see, hear them interact in a different setting. It, it is becoming, yeah. I think that's definitely a popular thing, even in like the real like tabletop game kind of things, because like Katy Perry opening up a box of Pokemon cards. Mm. Like mm-hmm. that was huge. Uh, that one NFL linebacker who started his own Magic the Gathering card shop. Like, that's pretty huge. Oh, yeah. Calls himself the foil master or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> that's cool. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think seeing these, you know, high profile names getting into these kinds of industries that they've never really been in, it's always been kind of closeted in a way. I think it's going to, I think that just kind of opens up the opportunity for more people to be. It's, it's free exposure for the industry. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. It's free exposure for the industry and everything it offers. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there to get a lot of charity mm-hmm. events going. To get a lot of even, like, you know, semi-pro competitive events, you know, that, something that's casual enough where people are going to have a lot more fun with it versus those really tight, ca- you know, competitive well, games. I think it's just like a matter of time. Like they, and they could use it with, like, famous people where they develop some kind of blooper TV show of, like, famous people and athletes playing these games and all their awful, like, oh, yeah. skills. And, you know, like, just people who aren't very good at video games playing and having these terrible bloopers. I think people would find that really hilarious. Well, I think they're going to start getting better, honestly. Oh, thank As we get older, I think... Even professional athletes and, you know, entertainment people are going to just oh, yeah. be naturally better at video games. Oh, yeah. But there's always going to be that, those bloopers. And I think those would be, like, oh, hilarious sure. to watch, especially when it's, like, your favorite actors or I think know, my favorite game players. streamer has always been, like, Candy Brew. And he's, like, been known, his whole profile is that he's the casual gamer mm. playing, you know, at the level that he plays. Yeah, people people like that. People like I love who it. they can connect to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this <love> level. <laughs> I suck at games, so yeah, you know, it's great. Like, I don't always want to watch Shroud or any other big names. Just yeah. like, dude, I want to watch. watch and I'm just like, I don't even register what he just did. That's why like, you got to watch Tim <laughs> Tap Man, dude. He's yeah. more of like I he's watch a dad. someone that like the, he, the common man's. He's a little bit older, for a gamer. You know, Tim Tap Man's more that like that casual guy. You yeah. know, you can watch. You're like, I can relate. Yeah, yeah I see you want to be able to relate. But he has those moments where you're like, I remember that Tim. You know, when he used to play competitive. But he's, he's moved on a little bit from there. <laughs> I just feel like when I see Shroud play, he'll like shoot and kill someone. I'm like, I didn't even see it. Yeah, like I yeah. didn't even see. Oh, the kill. Like he'll have a shotgun. He'll just like shoot across the map. Well, he's, he's done like, those eye, like with eye trackers <laughs> when he's playing. It's just like it's all over. But yeah, he's just yeah, registering yeah. another. It's scale. crazy. Yeah, if you try and follow, you're gonna get sick. Oh yeah. I, just I don't mean, see how he, you can play like that because he'll for... play with teammates all the time. But he's just playing solo. Like really, realistically, yeah. you watch, he's just playing solo with a he's few such others. a hard carry. He just brings people on for the free win. Yeah. That's hilarious. Hop in the backpack, boys. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think another trend, I, th- I think women are just becoming more involved in it just because it's becoming much more mainstream for a variety of reasons. And I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. I think eventually it's just become a cultural change where everyone's involved, not just the guys. And then, uh, you know, like my, my wife getting upset toxic... at me for turning on my Xbox. Like, oh, the noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it happens all the time. You know, it's just, oh, I understand it. But once I get more involved, I'm be like, I understand. I like I cough to. when I turn it on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Just I'm, my phone. My phone. It's a yeah. text notification. Damn yeah. it. I'm being on the, the pot for Just two it, hours. Make so. it your text notification. Yeah. So every time it goes on, she's like, dang, he gets a lot of text. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of text. Yeah. Really, you just turn your Xbox on and off a lot. Yeah. 
We all know. Y'all, y'all ever could relate. You know, you have a significant other and they just hate watching you play video games. That's that's a, that's a standard, I think, part of our culture right now. It's unfortunate. And the, the toxic masculinity culture, it probably, that's beating, I think. It is, it is. Well, yeah, I, th- I think also part of it goes into development of video games. And if you look at that, like, at the industry and who's actually developing, it's largely driven by men. And that's kind of where you get a lot of these similarities in games as far as, like, character developments, all that kind of stuff. And also, like, it's pretty hard on developers in general just because video game developers will literally hire a whole slew of coders and they'll work them to, like, to death and then just drop them once they're done with them which is kind of like really unfortunate as far as industry development goes as far as job making and video game development and i think that's going to change i think eventually as people become more skilled in coding and all this kind of stuff there's gonna be a huge change as far as that market goes what the demographic as, looks like yeah as far as video video game development goes as well well i mean but working at yeah like working at a school that has a big push for these kind of this demographic where we want people who are interested in coding, we get a lot of like young female students who want to design games and like are active. Like it's crazy how many we have that most of our, like I think a good portion of our female students are involved in esports in some capacity. Yeah. Which as far as, I mean, as bottom as like spectators, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to change how games are being developed and also the quality of gaming. I think it's just going to get better with the more diversity you have involved in it. Well, I definitely agree. That the development is changing and the way games are created is changing. I mean, once again, we will talk about Unity one of these days here. They're really big in that. Um, yep. Kind of changing the landscape of how things, like you said, like when you have a studio, you get a bunch of developers, you know, coding a game and then they just dump them after just working them to death. Like you said, like, you know, there are platforms that are being created to answer that because mm-hmm. no one wants that. Oh, it's yeah. toxic. It's bad you let the good ones go doing stuff like that and you just have a bad product in the end mm-hmm. now and who's say like well those developers isn't going to create the next company that's going to actually cater to developers rather than the other way around where everyone's catering to the game mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see i think it's going to do really well it's definitely happening yeah definitely going to happen <laughs> and it's a good pivot point to move into these stocks that actually yeah. exist in the actual industry. stocks. <clears throat> yeah, who wants to kick this off? Well, I mean, let's see. So I guess we can start off with the, the big, the biggest and the best one that we know of in America is Activision Blizzard. Which mm-hmm. which currently dominates right now, yes. just from a stock mm-hmm. standpoint. They are currently dominating and they're currently doing really well. Were they not the first? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, shoot. or is it EA? It's EA or Blizzard. I can't remember which one was publicly traded first, but yeah. Super dominant. We all know why. I mean, um, I mean, what Blizzard had to just go skyrocket after World of Warcraft, right? After, even, yeah, Starcraft. They, they used the success of all those games that really over and them. over and over and over, and they haven't stopped. And then yeah. they've used that to get into all the esports and stuff like that. They Overwatch too? Uh, no, that's Rot. Wait, it is Overwatch. I bet. The, I, is, is it Overwatch? It is Overwatch. Yeah, yeah it dude, is. I think so. Oh my so. gosh, they have so many titles. They have big ones. Yeah. Well, I actually, mean, they don't have so many titles. Their titles just never die. Yeah. Starcraft. <laughs> yes. So they have World of Warcraft. That's a big one. They have Overwatch. Yeah. Yep. They have Diablo too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They have Hearthstone. Yeah. Starcraft. Basically, they have all the Diablos. They have Starcraft. Yep. Yeah. They have Heroes of the Storm. Oh, I forgot about. Yeah. Well, they killed that game, right? That game's dead now. I don't know. I don't know. They, they they have a lot of games, but like they're big ones. We kind of just named off. Yeah. Um, and then they have others. They have like yeah, all the different Warcraft developments that they've done. Yep. 
Um, they even have some racing games and stuff that aren't as big. But yeah, in StarCraft, so, they're in Titan. They create. I, I Titan. think it's safe to say that Blizzard's kind of like the cream at the top of this list. And then you have the other side of the coin, uh, mobile gaming, Tencent. Uh, so Tencent Holdings, T C E H Y. Chinese. They are a Chinese over the counter, mm-hmm. um, but they are one of the the biggest hands on the mobile gaming industry, and they're putting a ton of money into hosting a lot of events that we have all been witnesses of in the past. A lot of people don't know about Tencent because they're kind of behind the curtain. They're kind of the man, the magic man behind the curtain kind of thing, but they are they have a huge grasp grasp grip one of those words on like esports as a whole and because they're they're not just exclusive to china they have a lot of interaction here in the states too right pretty much anyone any other country that wants to sell their product to china has to go through a chinese company yeah and one of the biggest ones is tencent so yeah so they've got an international yeah they own riot games now um they for the longest time i think just one of the main shareholders and now riot games i think is headquartered in china um which is pretty interesting but uh yeah they're just they're massive they Mm -hmm. buy companies like nobody's business and they're in so many facets of esports i mean it's crazy you don't want to ignore tencent you don't want to ignore them yeah Um, we'll we'll go more into the chinese companies as a whole in one of our etfs yep yeah then there's like uh ea electronic arts yeah, they're big for their sports games. Yeah, they're big yep. for a lot of those, uh, what do you call those, where they repeat themselves over and over again annually? I forgot what you call those kinds of games, but... Like a cyclical, like... like a, I can't remember. Whatever. Like Madden. EA. We all know what it is. Yeah, 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 Madden. Dude, Madden, when they had the, the QB vision. That, I think that lasted like one game. But I remember, you used to go with Brett Favre, and he, just had, the, <laughs> he had the 360 vision. But 360 vision. Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, and then, yeah, Take-Two. So Take-Two is another... It's an American uh, video game developer. And some of the games that you might recognize would be... The big one would be Grand Theft Auto 4. And then you have L.A. Noir. Did I say that right? L.A. Noir? I haven't played that game. Yeah. So you have The Outer Worlds. You have Kerbal Space Program. Star Crusader. So a lot of games I haven't played personally, but I'm pretty sure others. WWE 2K Battlegrounds. That was the thing. I haven't played that, but that sounds cool. Bioshock. They did Bioshock. So they have uh, a few others. Mall Tycoon. Not a few others. They have a ton that they've developed. And they've been de- developing since like the 90s. I don't know how, how much further back it goes than that. But um, yeah, so they've been developing for a long time. So they're also a big name. Um, you know, I would actually put as far as developers go, um, Unity. Um, they are a game on there. Um, or... Sorry, they are a developer who, or a platform rather for developers, but I guess like AAA games that were made with the Unity engines were like Elder Scrolls. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, I don't, I mean, there's a lot of them, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they got a lot, but they do a lot of indie too, because Unity is a free platform for game developing. They just make everything kind of public access and you don't have to pay them anything until your game reaches a certain amount of success. That's basically their business model. Mm. So it kind of gives people a, a way to kind of design their games without, you know, having to create a whole studio, pay a bunch of people, working to death kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You kind of have a all the 
things you need to make a game right there. Mm-hmm. So technically, yeah, that uh, Unity, they're technically a game that I would put on this, or a stock that I would put on this list. Oh, yeah. And then you have Huya, which, from my understanding, that's like a, it's another streaming, a gaming uh, gaming platform that streams, right? Another Chinese it's one. A, yeah, yeah, it's a game-centric live streaming platform that is also backed by Tencent. Oh, Wait, nice. no. I thought that wasn't called Huya. I thought it was, uh, I thought Tencent had their own. They have, I know there's, is it Do You? No. But yeah, who use another? So similar to Twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but this is so yeah. Twitch is right like North America to the max. Huya is like big in the like I think at least Chinese market. I don't know how far out from China it's gone, but it's a huge like it's like a forty to sixty percent of the share there. Wow, in Trovo the- is Tencent's okay. streaming platform. That's their Twitch version of streaming, mm-hmm. but. It doesn't surprise me that they would own any other streaming platforms too. Like they, like I said, they buy a lot of stuff. I, yeah, I think they're yeah, they're involved in some capacity because mm-hmm. they are like the again the leading uh, stream mm-hmm. streaming service. And there's a a lot of growth here just because of the player base in that area in that region of the world. But there's also a proposed merger with Duya, which is also another streaming. Platform. Yeah, which is another one, and that would combine their users, and would literally cement the dominance of Huya. The other thing to know, too, is Huya in the background is focusing on other types of streaming. Uh, not just gaming, but like they have a diverse platform. So, like, different avenues. Just like Twitch, because it brings in more users and hopefully improves the experience of current, mm-hmm. uh, like, video game streamers. All right. Yep, and so, that, so we can move into one of the ETFs, Roundhill Investments. And so I, I personally am involved in this one. I've been a nerd for... So the ticker symbol is nerd, which I think is, you know, going back to ticker symbols... That's a pretty good one, especially in the gaming industry. So I think Nerd as an ETF is a really good uh, investment for me personally, just because when you look at the overall industry and majority are in the Asia Pacific area and you look at the holdings that Nerd has, you have Tencent, Duya, Activision, Corsair Gaming, you have Billy Billy and Skills, just to name a few. And I think those are all really good. And obviously it's exposed to the Asia Pacific area where a lot majority of the revenue is being made right now and is only increasing. So I think that's pretty good. I think nerd is a really good ETF and I, I just, I'm invested in it personally for the long haul. Global X fund is another great ETF. I personally have been invested in global X fund as well. Yep. Ticker symbol is hero H E R O. Another one of those great ticker symbols. Another great ticker symbol. Yeah. They're, they're more so in like, uh, what is that? Nitis Incorporated. I don't know what that company is, mm-hmm. but NVIDIA, Activision, EA, Nintendo, Zynga. So, so those are some of their big names. Some some U.S. holdings are the bigger holdings. Mm-hmm. So a little different from Nerd, but overall they're both capitalizing on the esports industry. And if you look at the the charts, they're they're pretty much on par with each other, uh, and they've both been doing really well, especially in this past year. Yep. Yep. And then a few others. We have Modern Times Group. And then Twitch, which is actually owned by Amazon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the latest, one of the latest IPOs was Roblox. Yeah. What do y'all think about that? Hmm? I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Well, like, okay, I, so Roblox, from my understanding, is essentially a, it's not just a video game, but rather they actually don't develop anything inside their game. It's actually most, I think, I, I can't remember, I think it's like, like all user created user created content. And uh, people buy things to create this content and stuff like that in the game. And they buy things for their avatars and stuff. But essentially, it's becoming like a social media platform. Almost like 
a Facebook of gaming. So it's more it's 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 turned into something far more than just a bunch of little mini games within a game. It's like it's taken like it's like Minecraft mixed with like a I don't know developer like Unity. It's yeah. like if Minecraft and Unity had a baby, it would probably be called Roblox. Mm-hmm. Well, but um, yeah, they just IPO'd recently, and uh, there was a lot of hype on it for sure. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing. I don't know how they're doing today, but. I definitely did get into them on their day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think part of it is like one, you can just develop a game through Roblox, mm-hmm. and then two, it allows you as someone who wants to develop like their skills. This is like a very easy platform to get into. Such easy access, yeah, and it's a lot of fun. You're doing something that you really enjoy while also learning in the process, which I think kind of goes back to how this whole development of the industry and how video games are going to be developed i think this is going to be part of it and this this pivot from where you have like these hardcore developers that are sitting together and working 60 80 hours a week just to get laid off effectively at the end of the game (laughs) development and now you have a platform like roblox where you can develop indefinitely Mm -hmm. and others will partake in it and that's how people can communicate with each other and play with each other and I think it's a really cool platform. And it is, it is really interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm inter- interested interested to see how Roblox develops mm-hmm. in the long run. So, And then, of course, one of the big ones is Intel. They host one of the biggest tournaments. And those are just a few of the stocks that are currently floating around. There's yep. a ton more that are floating around as well. But these well, those are, are the big names. Big names. I think these are all those are all stocks that you definitely need to keep your eye on. And we'll have those in our podcast notes, I believe. I think we'll have a list of all those stocks in our podcast notes. Definitely. So you don't need to worry about writing them down right now or anything. We'll just have that access for you in our description of the video or the podcast. The next area that we should move into is giving the bullish and bearish standpoints as far as trading and investing goes and kind of what we think is going to happen to the, the industry at large. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I think you want to just hop right into the bearish standpoints we can kind of take that you like doing bearish first right so yeah let's go bearish first i think people want to hear what might be going against this industry um so my big thing is i don't know how the newer technology ventures are going to be profitable at least for the near term so we like when we talk about vr and how none of us really liked vr for different like i think one of the big reasons is like if you're someone that gets motion sick that's a very obvious thing. It's going to be a huge deterrent. So mm-hmm. I think, and I, I, you know, how many people are actually motion sick, right? Like, yeah. Well, we play video games our whole life staring at a single screen. Exactly. So, so in my personal take on it is I think like things like VR and stuff and all these other developments, they they just need more development. They need more time. Yeah. I think in the, in the short term, at least I'm bearish on that. Like I would not be comfortable with going into like, if there's a virtual reality like company that was traded publicly, I personally would probably avoid it just because I don't think the technology is there yet. I agree. I think there's a lot of room for development before it becomes like publicly extremely popular. Right. I think we've got a while while people are still going to be sitting behind desktops and, and screens. Oh, yeah. Before we get into like a real VR dominant world. Yeah. And my take is, is people like simplicity and the ability to play by just like turning on a button and yeah. grabbing a controller. Like there, there's a lot of value that comes in that. Mm-hmm. And just then I, I still think there's room to grow in that area exponentially as far as the different types of games that are coming around, all that kind of stuff and developments. Um, and so I, I see that the current market that exists, there's a lot of development that could happen. And I still don't see VR as being one of the main capitalizing 
aspects of this industry. So, and then the next one, and this is one I was kind of thinking about was, you know, can the, can the gaming industry exhaust itself of good content? Right. So, and you look at what is the average life expectancy for popularity in a specific game. And that's where I was curious about. Cause I, a certain point every now and then I feel like there's waves. It comes in waves, at least for me as a gamer who doesn't even play like every single day. I play when I have free time and I don't have any other obligations, but I get bored of games fairly fast. Yeah, and, me too. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and I see myself hopping to other games and like not really enjoying those and they're not big and there's not a lot of people, a lot of people playing it. And then I'll hop back to other games, which I wasn't like interested in. And I just don't like it. There's it's kind of like the immediate access thing is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. One, yes, anyone can access it. And so growth is probably going to be expected to be pretty high. But at the same time, I think that immediate access kind of dulls our senses into how we appreciate games and how long we maintain that attention to it. Oh, definitely. And then I, I don't know how this would even happen, but like competitiveness, competitiveness in games like Warzone, I would enjoy Warzone much more if I wasn't so bad compared to the average player in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the past, I've been fairly decent at like first person shooters. Like we've always been above average. Yeah, for first person shooters. Mm-hmm. But then you get in a game Warzone and it's just, it might be, people might consider it to be more even gameplay, but in my opinion, it's not because you can get, you can have a solid game and then get to the late game phase and get wiped out. Well, certainly age. I remember there was a time, even for me, when I was a competitive gamer, especially with the original Halo. And it was like, I was, but I was, you know, 13 at the time. So my mind was just far quicker than it is today. Like I have mm. so much more going on in my life. I don't have time to just sit there and dedicate tons of hours to play a game. So mm. yeah, I feel like I'm, I suck now. I can't. Yeah. You just can't pick one up. And yeah. And it, and, just... and it pushes me, I think more into the spectator realm, or I just don't watch or play mm-hmm. games at all. Yeah, we just play hold fast. Yeah, I play so, hold fast. Yeah. Gotta play so, yeah, mount so, and blade. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that bears take on the content. Do you think the content's gonna be able to keep up with people's attention spans for games, as far as their enjoyability? Because I feel like the enjoyability. I think there's too much content. I feel like there's so much that it's hard to. I think everything's just competing for that attention. Like one person can only put the time into one game at a time, like no one's playing multiple games at one time right well that's not true well i think some of our friends i mean i mean i think majority of us have been playing like been hopping between (laughs) like two or three games yeah that's true that's true but there's just so many oh yes and and kind of along the same lines is this gaming quality stagnation i just i don't i just threw that on there i don't know how legitimate that is for a bearish take but Mm. what if you like because right now i'm feeling this game stagnation where there's no games that are really viable as far as my enjoyability. And so I just haven't been playing it nearly as much as I was, let's say a year ago. And it's just because each game I get into, I'm, I'm just not getting that much it's fun. It's probably because it. the cost of entry into games, as far as like how good you are is much higher than it's ever been mm-hmm. because now the, the bar has been set so much higher considering how much time some people have compared to others, particularly younger people. That's true. You don't have jobs. Yeah. Like we got jobs. But yeah, I, say, I, think, I think gaming quality is also, you know, it's relative probably to your lifestyle. That's true. Which relates to the next point. Right? Yeah. The industry struggles. Yeah. The worker lifestyle, stressful, long hours, unstable jobs. Yes. And this kind of, this kind of went into the whole athlete side of things. When you talk about video game athletes and people that do this for a living. And one thing I noticed was that their lifespan for, let's say professional gaming, let's call it professional yeah. gaming. Their lifespan 
was relatively short, like super short, like shorter than than athletes in other sports like football and basketball. Like their average lifespan was much shorter. I definitely noticed the same thing. Yeah, and so for my take on that is the in- industry struggles. One, you could have athletes and then they go away in like less than a decade. So how do you have the legacy player? You know, like, exactly. Like how do you get your Michael Jordans and your LeBron James and your Kobe's? Like how do you get those mm-hmm. guys, guys who can dedicate decade or more of their life to the sport, mm-hmm. whatever that sport may be? Exactly. And these guys don't even play the same games, you know, like Shroud, who I think is probably the biggest name we can think of. Who's when did he become big? Like PUBG? Was yeah, that... he was big for Counter Strike competitive. Counter Strike. Yeah, he was on uh, I don't know Cloud Nine or something. Mm-hmm. And then he went. He was one of the first big streamers to mm-hmm. quit pro and just play casual. Mm-hmm. and stream it because he wasn't even a really big fan of warzone he played it and he did really well at it but even he kind of had his PUBG, yeah yeah he had some so re- he, yeah, reservations he, he, when it came to warzone. He, well, as soon as the battle royale game mode was popping off he jumped that onto that and ha- he took that wave all the way up mm-hmm. just like ninja ninja jumped on the fortnite wave because he yep. played PUBG successfully competitively mm-hmm. fortnite came out and ninja exploded i mean ninja is by far probably the most right, well-known cause, well because fortnite fortnite guys by ninja. far the most traction well, so That's I was also, hard. I mean, another thing I don't like about the whole lifestyle of the pro gamer is like the pay, like it doesn't pay. Like, I think like the average is like well under six figures, which for a professional game where you're dedicating full time hours and hours and hours and you're making the same as like, you know, a middle of the rung job, like that mm-hmm. could is at a certain point be far less stressful like oh yeah because the amount of hours these guys are putting it's un, it's at an unhealthy rate like you're talking yeah. about kids the young 20s who have full-blown like arthritis in their wrist like you know like yeah debilitating arthritis like different sport different injuries you know? yeah <laughs> i mean well that and like you know the mental clarity you know of of how that changes after you've grinded for so long, as long as they do. Because those guys, those kids, they grind for hours on end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are documentary, many documentaries on a lot of these professional teams. And it's, follow them it's through Disney. a season. It's not, it's, crazy. Not a, it's I mean, not a good one. It is. I, I mean, yeah, it's probably the case for most sports, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's just a different, it's a newer environment. Yeah. So I think people just don't know how to navigate it as well. Oh, that's true. Like, and I, I mean, like pro teams and what they put on their players and what players put on themselves. Well, I think it's because it's like same thing with and, pro sports. You know, like the first professional football player didn't start making millions, mm-hmm. and uh, as technology developed and they started understanding the impact of the sport on the player, like that got better, so that players could play longer, have healthier lives, and actually live after they've retired and mm-hmm. not just die from CTE. And so, like, you know, like, I think there's, I think that information is growing and building right now. I think all that research is being done now. Mm-hmm. Well, and soon we're going to see the negative impacts of pro gamer lifestyle. But then also, I think there's going to be a, I guess, more of the bullish side is you look at, like, the amount of people who are getting involved from a health standpoint and being able to balance out someone's playing hours versus their living hours. I think that's going to have a, a it's going to start smoothing over where maybe there's just like an ideal amount of time you can devote before it becomes unproductive. It's kind of like and be able to find that time and that window where you're productive versus when it's just excess and you're not getting anything from it, but negative effects. I'm not going to lie. I've always been a little bit bearish on the esports kind of realm. Um, I, I like for long term, just because like one thing that I always compare it to, and I don't know if I should do this or not, but like professional golf. 
Uh, golf is very time oriented. How much time you can dedicate to actually practicing the game, it, like definitely projects itself into your performance, like in a tournament. And I hear rev- interviews with pro golfers and stuff who are insanely good golfers, but it's like they'll sit there and talk about how stressed they would be because it's like if they didn't go out and practice on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day and on Christmas Day, someone else in the world did. And they're just going to be that many hours ahead of you going into the tournament in a month. And so it's like, you know, that kind of grind, it doesn't seem to be very, like, sustainable. Sustainable. Yeah. Interesting. And so I'm just curious, like, I I don't really see golf as being some, like, a professional sport that's going to last that much longer until they start doing gimmicky things. Like, having the, the one average golfer playing like in every professional tournament so that people can get the contrast of i think that'd be phenomenal and i would watch more pro professional golf if that were the case so i don't know i don't know what video game is going <laughs> to end up that if like they can't have any sustainable pros no names that can actually live off of sponsorships like like what is was like like if a if a company is going to sponsor a player they want that to be a good investment not investment is going to last a year or two, you know? Oh yeah. And so I think that kind of is preventing it from professionals making actual real money like that. And it's a growing industry, of course, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. already beating out certain professional sports as far as viewership and stuff like that goes. And pros are still only making $75,000 a year on That's average. True. But I guess as the industry grows, there's going to be more of that pie for available for people. And, and I think, yeah, and I think a lot of the, the best gamers are probably, they have other sources of income. If you, if you, if you can land on it, because I, I think, I think the one of the biggest areas for growth for this is going to be the streaming. And a lot of these gamers, even when they're actively on a pro team, they're streaming as well. And that's another source of income because it's just them streaming. It could be a practice. It could just be them, you know, playing around on their game. Um, or even another game. It's just like that's their wind down time. Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm yeah. curious, you know. Well, let's let's go into the bullish. Yeah. So obviously, we've been talking about this industry from bullish perspective for majority of this podcast. But you know, you look at the massive growth alone as far as money goes, right? And then you know, it's just it's getting bigger, and the pie is growing even more. So there's gonna be a lot more money flowing into this, and there's, I feel like there's a lot more room for it to grow just in terms of population size, right? You look at how many are already participating and how many still aren't. And that's only, for my opinion, it's only going to keep increasing, which is why this industry is, you know, looking 10 years out even further, it's going to be even bigger than it already is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, you look at the the women population that's starting to participate and it's just increasing. I think eventually it's just going to become pretty even as far as participation goes to whatever level that might be. Um, is this going to start evening, evening out, but also attributing to the population size across the world of participants in esports and gaming? Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely see that. I think the growth is, I mean, it's unquestionable. It's definitely there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it can hit both demographics of people, like or multiple demographics of people now, it's just like so inclusive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then, I mean, appealing to a wide variety of people, that's kind of the another big bullish standpoint. And how fast it's starting to expand into those different types of people or whatever backgrounds. And I think the accessibility is kind of the big player in here. And that's kind of how our world's changing is just what's more accessible. And that's going to be where the big hitters are. 
Mm-hmm. Right, the more accessible something's going to be from anywhere you are is going to be huge. And that ties into the mobile gaming and how that's a big increase. And it's just getting bigger and not going to stop because who doesn't have a phone nowadays? Yep. And then I think the other big bullish thing is the gaming content. And this just kind of goes opposite of what I was thinking about, you know, the stagnation in gaming content. But the gaming content is going to continue to evolve. And what's going to become the next big type of game that becomes mainstream? Right, right now it's Battle Royale. And Battle Royale is really big. What are going to be the next ones? What kind of new strategy type of game is going to come out that's going to be the next big thing, the next Fortnite, mm-hmm. right? Well, and I see it as, you know, you have your um, your variety of esports. That's all it is, right? Is Instead of it just being, you know, soccer or American football or basketball, you have your MMOs, your FPSs, you have your RTSs, RTSs. right? You have your variety of... Uh, like you know, games that you prefer, that people prefer, right? Mm-hmm. And then there'll be an ebb and flow to all that popularity, mm-hmm. just like there is in professional sports. Oh yes. So yes, as far as the, and as far as like stocks go, and speaking about the whole market in general, I think the video gaming esports industry at large is propped up for massive expansion for years to come and there's specific stocks that you should be paying attention to and if you're someone who doesn't have the time to focus on individual stocks per se there's always etfs out there that are doing just as well if not better so and i, and I mean that's that's my big take is i'm i like the nerd for example and that's kind of what i'm really bullish on is that etf because they're just capturing a lot of that market in the pickings that they have within that etf well, for sure well i would also just kind of like to say you know uh, if you want to expand on any of this information, you know, you kind of want to delve a little bit more into um, esports and kind of the direction that we think it's going to go, how we like to invest. You should join our join our Discord. It's definitely pretty cool. Uh, a lot of insight. You can ask us questions directly. There's a whole community of other traders who are invested in some of the same stocks and have similar like interests in stocks as uh, you do and as we do. So, um Definitely hit us up on Discord if you haven't already. Yep, and we're also on Instagram, and we just created our account on TikTok. Oh, yeah. So it's <laughs> so happening. We're going to start uh, doing some of that. <laughs> Everyone loves TikTok, and we're getting into it. Yeah, But our Instagram page is live, and it's been running for a while now, yep. for almost a month. So if you have an Instagram account, just send us a follow, and uh, you can even DM us, and we'll reply back to you. So And just check out our website at theuntappedtrader.com. I think this wraps up our podcast for the day, so we'll... Talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks for listening.